Hello, and welcome to another episode of Piecing the Parsha Together. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Noah. The first several sections of the Parsha deal with the story of Noah, and uh, that is what we're going to focus on uh, this week. So, the outset, there is a rule that Rashi mentioned at the beginning of Parsha's Mishpatim, uh, about the difference between the word ve'ela or ela. If it's ve'ela, there's supposed to be a connection between what came before. If there's an ela, then it is invalidating, as it were, what came before. So this week's Parsha starts with the words ela told us Noah. And the Balatorim on the first Pasuk of the Parsha explains that there are four times in Bereshis where it says, Ela told us, and he says each one of them comes to invalidate or cancel out what came before. So he says, Ela told us Shemayim V'aretz, comes to uh, cancel out uh, Tohu V'vohu, and then you have Ela told us Noach, which comes to invalidate the previous uh, generations, and then you have Ela told shame, which comes to cancel out the the offspring of Yefes and Ham. And then you have the Toldos of Yaakov, which he says comes to uh, cancel out Esav and Eliphaz. So perhaps Noah is not supposed the Parsha of Noah is not supposed to have a direct connection to what came before, but it seems to be saying that Noah is going to be something different than what came before. Um, we know. Uh, that uh, Noah is described in the Parsha as a tzaddik, but I would uh, highlight one other uh, point that makes Noah perhaps in some way different than the generations that preceded him. And that is based on um, a Rashi that we mentioned last week. And that is the question of uh, Lemeth's wives not wanting to have children anymore. So the Rashi where his wives explain that they are concerned about having offspring because they will die in the flood or in a flood uh, is in, I think, Eperic Dalad, Pasuk Chaf Dalad. Yeah. It uh, says that uh, they didn't want to have any children because there's just going to be uh, flood. They thought uh, the generations of Kain were going to get wiped out in a flood. Maybe it wasn't specifically referencing the generations of Kain, but nevertheless, that is what they thought. And that is why Lemeth goes to uh, Adam, uh, I guess, is, I don't know, so, so it almost sounds like a marriage counselor. And Adam tells them, you don't need to worry about what Hashem does. You do what you're supposed to do, which is to have children. And um, Hashem will do uh, what he is going to do regarding the world. Rashi um, will point out in the discussion of Noah as one of the first ten of the ten generations, Noah is uh, 500 years old when Shem, Kham, and Yefes begin to be born. And Rashi will point out in that Pasuk, which is Perak Hay, Pasuk Lamed Beis, that uh, there is no uh, chronology, there's a break in the chronology. And Rashi goes on to explain how, how do we know that? Because Hashem says there will only be a hundred. He's, he's upset with man and all the sins they've been doing, and they will have 120 years, and then they will be destroyed. Noah is 600 at the time of the flood, 
that would mean that when Noah was commanded to build the table, to build the ark, he should be 480. Which means to say that Noah knew for 20 years that the world was going to come to an end at some point down the road in 120 years. Nevertheless, he still had children. Which perhaps in some ways, Noah, at least to some degree, rejecting the freedoms, the unmitigated freedoms that the previous generations wanted. And he will do, again, what a tzaddik is supposed to do is to follow what Hashem says. And Hashem said that we should have children. When discussing the Mabel, that's the next next section. Right? So now we've been introduced to to Noah. When discussing the the Mabel itself, Hashem will tell Noah in Pasuk Yud Gimel Perak Vav that uh, the uh, the Malah Chamas Nivnehem, and um, they are going to be destroyed. So at the end of um, Parshas Bracious, it seems like the problem of the generation is immorality and licentiousness. But uh, the word, but the idea of Hamas uh, is theft. So in some sense, you could say, which is it? So Rashi says, maybe it's both, but lo nechtam zardinam el al hagezel, right? The sealing of their fate was on Gezel. However, the Balatorim on this Pasuk uh, says that the words malaki malahart Hamas mipnehem have the same gematria as the word Gilei Rias. So, that's immorality. So it seems that there is a connection between the immorality of the generation of the flood as well as the theft that they engaged in. So, to try to develop the connection between them, Rabbi Aaron Lepiansky, the Rosh Yeshiva of the Silver Spring Yeshiva, in his uh, book on Safer Bracious called Golden Apples, um, says that when you focus on the words that Hashem tells mankind when they are supposed to have children, it's pru uruvu. It's not just revu, which we multiply, but it's pru uruvu, which be fruitful multiply. So Rabbi Lepiansky says that means that you're supposed to take the latent potential and actualize it, bring it to fruition. But he said that is if you do uh, things the right way and you go step by step. And he he talks he talks that there's a focus in in halacha about a yichus. You're going in a in a the way the way Hashem planned the world. But it's when it comes to arias, that's not the case. These things, the decisions that are made uh, when people engage in immoral behaviors are impulsive and they're based on desires. It is not the regular um, way things are supposed to develop. Regular order of things, regular structure to the world. The orgadeliahu. In the second second division, second section of his uh, piece on Parshas Noach of Gedaliah Shor, uh, Rashi Vator Vadas, uh, says that Gezel is really the uh, foundation for all sins. This is the idea of people misusing the strengths that God has given them is a form of theft. He says the generation of the flood didn't want to have any limits, any boundaries on them whatsoever. And that will cause them to engage in literal theft. In addition, also engage in immoral behaviors. Um, Rashi at the end of Gracious, describing the B'nai Elohim, and they see the daughters of the land, and they're good, and it says they take them. The words, Mikol Asher Baharu, it's the second Pasuk of Perek Vav, Rashi says, Af Be'ulaz Baal, that's a married woman, Af Azachar Veha so to a man, and so to an animal. So it's a complete... Uh, breakdown of the societal barriers of morality. It's not just running after as many women as you could find, but it's taking people who you're not supposed to take. 
and even animals and even even the wrong gender. So that is um, a way to find a link, so to speak, between the sins of theft and immorality, which seem to be both sins uh, are plaguing uh, the generation of flood and causing its destruction. And Rabbi Lepiansky adds a little bit further that they they have you know the idea of of bringing uh, people into the world procreation is is the idea of, of the roots or or, or seeds. Uh, they have, by engaging in immorality, have destroyed that even at the root level. And he says that will explain, Rashi makes a comment that the entire land is destroyed, even the three tvachim that the plow could get. So we've totally uprooted the world, even the soil, because unfortunately humanity had become corrupted at the roots. Um, and that's how the model will play out. It is interesting to note, and this is an observation made by Rabbi Yochanan Zweig, Rosh Shiva of Miami, that when Hashem commands Noah to build the Teva, to build the Ark, this is Pasuk Yedal at Perek Vav, he says, Tevas go for make a gopher wood Teva, Ark, Kinim Ta'asa Teva, make compartments, and put pitch on the inside and the outside. But then, he says, Hashem tells Noah, this is how you should make it. 300 should be the length of the Teva, 50 should be the width, and 30 high. Normally, you would expect to find the dimensions of the item before the interior design of the item. Rabbi Zwei explains that the compartments are there so that all the animals are kept among their species. Because Rashi mentions that even the animals had corrupted their ways following man's example. So it emerges that at the very beginning of the Mabel, when Noah is building the Teva, there is a focus on trying to reset the boundaries of the world, nature, that have been destroyed by humanity. And I think you could even use this idea to explain a step further the story after the Mabel, when Noah is trying to find out if the waters have receded or not, there is a discussion about the the Orev, the raven. So it says that Noah v'yishlach has the Orev. He sends out the raven v'yetsa yatsav ashuv. It's going around. Until the water got dried out. The raven doesn't come back. doesn't seem like the raven delivers any kind of message, any kind of sign that Noah can use. Whereas the Yonah does. Brings back the olive branch. So so how does that fit? So the Orachayim explains that Noah actually kicked the raven out of the table, kicked it out of the ark, because the animals were all supposed to separate Husbands and wives weren't supposed to live together. The world is in is in tsar, is in pain. Um, the raven didn't listen to that. The raven did not separate from its mate. So there's a there's a rejection of what Hashem says. There's a rejection of the appropriate times to to be engaged in building the world, to be engaged in procreation. And the raven seems out of sync with what's trying to be refixed, trying to be fixed. And therefore, the raven is just kicked out of the Teva. Noach is not interested in the uh, raven doing any kind of messenger work. It was banished from the Ark. So that is the story of the flood. And the world has been destroyed and maybe you'll say remade for Noach and his children. So there are two additional uh, sections in the Parsha that talk about 
you know, humanity sort of seeing the world anew after the flood. And in the first one, they go out and there is a discussion about Hashem not destroying the world anymore. And it also mentions murder. And it mentions once again that mankind should procreate. So as far as the discussion of the seasons and the seasons not being interrupted because they weren't interrupted during the flood, Abelopiansky in, in a different piece but in the same book points out that this is Pasuk Chavbez of Perechess. There are extra vavs in the Pasuk. It talks about during the days of the earth, Zera, Vekotzir, Vekor, Vechom, Vekhayetz, Vechoref, Veyom, Velayla. So this, the planting and the harvesting and the cold and the heat and the summer and the winter and day and night. Lo Yishbosu shall not cease. But you didn't need all of those buffs. Rabbi Elpiansky says all those buffs are trying to make each one of these time periods its own distinct thing. He says that Hashem is pointing out when Hashem says in the previous Pasuk that Lev Ha'adam Rami Nu'urav, that man's heart is evil from his youth, is really a question. No, it's man is young and immature as a species. They don't appreciate the idea of boundaries, whatever strengths a person have, just expand without any sense of you know, limitation or boundary. So the idea here, and he says it's based on Kabbalah, that Avav has a certain balancing effort, effect, but the idea here is there's a stress on, on compartmentalizing the year and that there are distinct groups. And that is, again, to help try to provide boundaries, boundaries that have been ignored by man or breached by man. And there's a repeat of the you know, prohibition, don't kill. As long as a repeat, even in the even in this section itself about having children, and um, it could be that Hashem saying rebuild the world, but it's even more than that. He's saying, let's say you don't want to rebuild the world because maybe people didn't always want to do that. The Gemara and Yivamis, this is an observation made by Rabbi Zweig in a different uh, piece in his book, which was uh, called the Infinity of the Torah, that um, if you don't engage in procreation. It is as if you are shedding blood. How does that work? You didn't kill anybody. But the idea is that Hashem has a certain number of souls that he wants in the world before the world can come to fruition and Mashiach can come. And if somebody does not engage in uh, having children, they are going to prevent Hashem's will from being actualized sooner. So there's a certain loss and it's therefore akin to murder. So again, an idea of boundaries, an idea of mankind accepting the appropriate uh, level of responsibility. And the final uh, idea as far as trying to reset boundaries, it comes from Rabbi Sachs in um, his book, uh, Judaism's Life, Changing Ideas, that in this uh, section of Perictes, the word bris is mentioned, I think I counted six times. And Rabbi Sachs says that if, you know, sort of the world is created anew after the flood, and now the focus, he says, the focus before in Mycebracious was on everything being good. Now the focus is on a covenant. But the idea of covenant is the idea of society together and humanity together. And again, this idea of perhaps respecting um, you know, boundaries, respecting the idea of a covenant, respecting people, which is something that had not happened before. So the Parsha, we're only midway through the Parsha, but um, you have this idea that there's a recurring uh, idea under for the for the story of the Mabels. Humanity is still not respecting boundaries, unmitigated freedoms, perhaps like uh, was said in Parsha's Bracious. 
and that will cause the world to be destroyed. And right away, even with the building of the Teva, we see an attempt to restore boundaries. And that plays out in the uh, episodes immediately following Noah and his family leaving um, the Teva. So with that, uh, I will uh, you know, thank everyone for listening. I wish everyone a good Shabbos. I mean, we all uh, recognize, I guess, you know, the boundaries that we are supposed to have and utilize the potentials that we're supposed to do. Uh, and we will uh, see you next time.